0: Welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. I'm Nancy. I'm Matthew. And this is a podcast where we talk about movies we watched growing up. We are going to talk about a couple of adventure movies tonight. One is a classic and one is (laughs) Dragon (laughs) Slayer. I'm going to talk about Romancing the Stone later in the episode, but Matt's going to get us started talking about... um, A classic. A cult classic. I wouldn't even call it that, Matt.
1: There's a cult out there that... Probably likes to watch it.
0: A, a masochistic cult that likes weird movies? Not at
1: all. Okay, well,
0: I'm going to let Matt get started on Dragon Slayer. Maybe,
1: maybe they're just really, really excited about dragons. Oh, boy. Slaying them.
0: All sorcery. right, Sorcery.
1: Okay, Dragon Slayer. <laughs> this is a movie that um, I'm going to say was probably my introduction to fantasy movies. It was like an er- it was like one of my early introductions to fantasy movies, like not including like sci fi. But did you see it before
0: Clash of the Titans?
1: I think I saw it before or around the same time. And and while that also is
0: superior. a fantasy
1: movie, a fantasy movie, I would not necessarily say it's superior. Um, I would. Um, there are things about it that are superior. I would agree with that. But this movie came out in June of 1981. It was one of the two joint productions between Paramount Pictures and Disney. The other being the Popeye movie, which is also a cult classic to some. Yes. And it was direct... Dragon Slayer was directed by Matthew Robbins. It was his second movie... It was after Corvette Summer, which came out in 1978, starring Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And just before our movie, we previously did The Legend of Billie Jean. Yep. So you're already seeing that this is a quality movie, Nancy.
0: Billie Jean is his best movie ever. <laughs> but that's a
1: whole different kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. Totally different kind of adventure.
0: Yeah, Mr. Pyatt was the dragon in that one.
1: There you go. See? There's always good and evil, and this is just good and evil in a whole other form. So, Dragon Slayer, starting Peter McNichol, who um, I only really know as the, like, villain guy in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, really? Not the main villain, but he's the guy that, like, helps the main villain in Ghostbusters 2. But I guess he's also really known for being in Sophie's Choice. And Allie McBeal.
0: I know him from Ally
1: McBeal. Unfortunately, now we want to talk quality. Come on, Allie McBeal.
0: You know what? Actually, this movie made me dig into the availability of Allie McBeal. It's on Hulu. The whole show. I may watch a few more, a few episodes of that, and then burn your eyes out. No, I watched that <laughs> show. I, I was entertained by that show, and he was one of the most endearing characters on that whole show. It was weird and quirky, but really sweet. Okay. But wow, yeah. We'll beg to disagree. Anyway. Oh, we will disagree in this episode. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, Dragon Slayer is about... Peter McNichol plays Galen, who is a sorcerer's apprentice, who, after the death of his master, decides to help a... I would call them a fellowship, probably a fellowship of... uh, of uh villagers villagers who have come asking the sorcerer to aid them in slaying a dragon because the king of their of the kingdom they live in has made a deal with this dragon that twice a year they would have a lottery and give the dragon a virgin to eat yeah and then the dragon would not harm their their kingdom yeah so this fellowship as well as we will call them have come for their aid for the aid of the sorcerer. Well, the sorcerer is very old and is being challenged by the head of the king's guard named Tyrion. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who watches Game of Thrones oh, yeah, is probably seeing of... some connections here. Yeah. There's a dragon, there's someone named Tyrion.
0: And the and the lady who's disguised as a boy named Valerian, which was the drag, which was like the language that was used in Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. George R. R. Martin might have seen this movie. Yeah. I mean, you can't I mean if that's true, yeah. it you gotta give some credit to this movie for making you possibly like Game oh, of Thrones, God. Nancy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the head of the king's guard is kind of challenging the sorcerer and whether he can even do magic. He thinks he's just playing tricks and in a challenge, he kills him. And this all happens within like the first 15 minutes of the movie.
0: Yeah, It was a very Obi-Wan faces off with Darth Vader kind of moment.
1: Very much. So we'll get to the connections with that later. Yeah. So Galen, as the apprentice, takes the amulet that the sorcerer wears and thinks it's the source of his power and uses that to as a way of proving that he could help this fellowship and decides to go with them back to Erland, the name of the, the kingdom, mm-hmm. because it's by the river Er. I know way too much about Ur. this movie, don't no, right? I? To slay the dragon. He is going to go and slay this dragon using magic and his wits. Well, that doesn't necessarily go as planned. And...
0: Princesses still die. Girls still die.
1: (laughs) uh, A girl is sacrificed, and you see that. And it has... This movie, for me, is just a fun... Like, I saw it when I was a kid. It really got me into... To the idea of like how cool dragons mm-hmm. were and the fantasy of it all, and I think we had we had a dub of it, and I had watched it a few times, um, but like our version of it got like messed up or something like that, so I couldn't really watch yeah. it anymore because VHSs were yeah. just not quality um, ways of watching movies. Yeah, and um, but I always really liked this movie i I liked the magic of it, and I liked the fantasy of it, and there is definitely kind of like a Lord of the Rings ass mm-hmm. kind of vibe in it. It's really dark for mm-hmm. anything that named Disney. I mean, mm-hmm. nowadays you don't really hear it, that doesn't make a lot of sense because they own Marvel and Star Wars and all this other kind of stuff. that is typically kind of dark anyway. I mean, owning Fox is kind of changing all that right Mulder. you're dark. You want to sit on my lap? Speaking
0: of that, it's X-Files Day. Oh. It premiered 27 years ago today.
1: Are you trying to get me to not talk about Dragon Slayer? 27 or 28 years. Something like that. You're hey. trying to get me to Go not ahead. talk about Dragon Slayer? <laughs> so anyway, because this movie is, it was kind of scary too as a kid because the dragon's kind of scary. There's, I mean, you see people getting burned alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I just really enjoyed it you know, always watching. And there were things that I didn't really understand watching it as a little kid that like I'd seen it maybe like as a teenager, I had watched it one time and I'd seen it even later. And every time I've watched it, I've kind of caught little things that I didn't get the previous times I've watched it. And granted, this is not a movie that, you know, as an adult, I would put on, you know, regularly. Mulder liked it. Do you have something to say?
0: No, he didn't like it. (laughs) As he headbutts the microphone
1: It's very opinionated about this you're kind of a dragon sometimes too, if you're roaring <laughs> anyway, I just really kind of enjoyed this movie, and I understand it's not your cup of tea no, no. you're not you're gonna be bored by it, or I just think it's not like that fascinating. I mean it was nineteen eighty one it was it got nominated for academy awards which for- ones? It got nominated for effects and wow. score. Wow. And the music in it is is pretty good. I, I You can't really hate on the music. I mean, the acting... Not good. Not the greatest. I think some of the best acting is... So, I mean, it was nominated for awards. So it's not like it, you know, was... Just cast off. It did not. It it did not make its money in the theaters that it cost oh, to make wow. the movie. It did. It did perform poorly. But, I mean, some of the stuff that that really stood out was the effects and the sets. I mean, it was filmed in, um, in Wales and in Scotland, which is beautiful mm-hmm. to look at. Yeah. Um, there's a. Re- I mean, all the medieval stuff is filmed there because. That's where everything seems to take place, and it looks old and beautiful, yeah,
0: beautiful green hills everywhere,
1: <clears throat> yeah, but also the dragon the dragon was like a huge part of the effects in this movie, and this drag i mean this movie really kind of defined the look of a dragon to me, yeah, in like the greatest way
0: it was kind of cool the pacing of revealing the dragon that you didn't see its face until the last fight that it was having with um His mentor right and that was you know you would just see either like a couple like three of the claws as it was coming out or you'd see its tail whip around or the back of its head yeah you you didn't see its face and it's you know shooting out fire when
1: galen when galen really goes after it into the cave and um really tries to attack it when after the whole um debacle for the for the king and and his yeah. and the and the princess gets in there yeah. i mean there's some political things in here that i'll I'll get to in a second, but um the dragon really was like he the the animation for the dragon the, the design of the dragon and you really were like freaked out by this dragon
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i mean it wasn't you know.
0: It didn't seem to have like a claymation look the way that like the kraken does. In, there was a couple. In, there was Clodular one Titans. scene
1: where it's like crawling out of the cave, and you mm-hmm. see like full body from the front, mm-hmm. and then uh, Galen jumps on it with his spear and stabs it through the head, and you kind of see him like wobbling around, mm. and that kind of has almost kind of a um, Harryhausen kind of kind of claymation look, mm. but um... for the most part. Um... The dragon's right. It even has a cool name, which they say like once in the movie, but it's Vermithra- Vermithrax Pejorative is the name of the dragon.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, that's yeah. long yeah. and hard to say. But yeah, what, why would you name the dragon that? I don't know. Let's just throw a bunch of consonants and a couple vowels together
0: mm-hmm. and make up a name. Use some Ys instead of an <laughs> I. You know, it's just... And
1: why not just throw an X in there? Because yeah. that's rarely used, so we'll yeah. just do that. But anyway, um, there's great... I think the action is good in this. The fighting is pretty good in this. Um, the scene... There's a scene where um, the first time you see a virgin being sacrificed where she's... Oh, that's she's, very scary. She is chained. Yeah. With, her hands are chained together and the top of the chain is put onto a pole. So mm-hmm. she's kind of hanging from it on the chain. And she's, like, breaking her hand yeah. and, like, sliding her hands out of the, the cuffs of the, of the, the, the handcuffs to try and get away before the dragon was you know basically torches her and cooks her yeah, and sets her on fire. That was a great scene. Very that, good suspense. Uh, you know, lots of suspense. Great effects, you know, and and I remember like that that scene yeah. and the scene where you see the baby dragons eating <laughs> the princess
0: that look like they look like the rodents of unusual sizes from um princess Uh, bride
1: no better than that they don't look like they don't look like a guy in a rat suit come on (laughs) but um i remember like every time i've seen this movie since i was a kid i remember like that being the freakiest scene like burned in my brain yeah um from the movie they're scary little monsters yeah and even they like they were basically probably like puppets yeah you know they were because you never saw them full body they were basically puppets and um, like i said i thought that all the effects for even some of the magic that was going on with like the crystal and like the fire and all that kind of stuff i thought it was it was done really well so i understand why it was nominated for an academy award at that time it was 1981 luckily we know somebody our friend of the podcast drew um has a casual random um relationship with uh Phil Tippett who worked on this movie and Drew um, actually um, came over and we watched this movie together and then he ran into um, Phil Tippett um, since we watched it and he told him he said hey I'd never seen Dragon Slayer and I, and I finally saw it and he gave uh, and he told uh, Drew um, this were, these are his words so you would agree with this um, not a very good movie but I'm proud of that dragon Hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, obviously that's what, that's one of those things that stood out. If even the, if the people who are, who are making it are like, eh, the movie, it it could have been better, but I'm really happy with how that dragon came out. (laughs) You know, that's gonna, that's gonna happen. So, but, um, uh, one of the other aspects of this movie is this whole kind of relationship that the kingdom has with the dragon, and yeah, the lottery,
0: the, bar- the bargain it's made with the dragon, <laughs> and
1: the lottery, and a lot of the na- like the, the 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 poor people in the village kind of have this idea that you know certain only certain classes of people of of young girls get called to from the lottery to be part of this to to be sacrificed to this dragon, and it's they like tell the
0: military draft,
1: kind of, and. And um, Valerian, when you first meet Valerian, you think it's a young boy and they call her boy and everything like that because she's been keeping the secret from the entire village. Well, if you look (laughs) at her face, oh, and her tits, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Until
0: Peter McNichol decides to go skinny dipping and go underwater and be like, whoa! that's skinny dipping? They're taking a bath. That's how you did it. Yeah. Back then, whoa! What are those
1: parts? And he and he's like, "I'm going to keep your secret. It's none of my business. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care." But he gets to see like that side of this whole argument of, you know, this lottery is fixed. (laughs) I mean, this is this is something is wrong here. So um, when they get to the kingdom, at one point, um, you know, the king doesn't. The king seems to think that he's a fraud and only really wants his power because at, there's a rumor that the amulet that gives the source of the power can help ter, can help turn lead into gold so I didn't even catch any of that he wants to turn he wants the he wants this amulet to turn lead into gold he thinks it's going to make him rich so mm-hmm. he so he knows that Galen has this amulet throws Galen in jail, Mm -hmm. steals the amulet, and while he's in jail, Galen meets the princess, Elspeth, and tells her, you know, that it's rigged. So she kind of investigates it, and then the next time there's a lottery, she replaces all the tokens in the lottery with her name. Yeah. Because she doesn't think it's fair that for so many years they've had to— sacrificed young daughters of the villagers to the dragon
0: wasn't there an x-files episode kind of like that the chinese lottery and about like either the I think oh. it was like the body parts where they were like giving oh, up hell body money parts. yeah helmet
1: not really it
0: ended with <laughs> someone in an incinerator which was so amazing
1: <laughs> anyways not that I don't want to talk about X-Files, but you seem to be off-topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and start this movie. It took me like three and a half hours to watch this movie today. Why? Because I had to stop and start it so many times because I was so bored. It's only an hour and a half. Oh, it's an hour and 50 minutes, and I was so bored. <sighs> oh, my God. I couldn't keep my attention. And Peter McNichol... Okay, I need to... Before we finish your discussion of it, I just need to interject... That's I,
1: pretty much my what I had to say about the lottery. When
0: when I inter, when I remembered watching this movie, I could have sworn it was the actor who played the greatest American hero.
1: No, he just had the same haircut. Exactly, they had
0: the <laughs> same exact like fro. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I saw when I looked on um, IMDb to see who was in it, and I saw that Emperor Palpatine was in it, I was so excited. Like, where is this guy? He's and there. he shows up for 2 minutes this a is great before, scene
1: way before he was Emperor Palpatine
0: a great great <laughs> scene and you know it took me a second really looking at him cuz he you know he looks different and he was always in you know that crazy emperor makeup except in except the, the prequels in the prequels which were 25 30 years later so he was just older then so it was oh, still oh
1: and in uh Sleepy Hollow which is also in
0: that's right well, that was also still almost 30 years later No. Yeah, well, 98. Okay, anyways, we're not going to argue about math. Uh, (laughs) But.
1: um, This coming from an accountant. Yeah. um,
0: No, I was waiting. I'm like, where's Emperor Palpatine? I mean, is he this random brother that the king is talking about that was sent out to hunt the dragon and he never came back? Like, where is he? And then, yeah, he's like this religious nutbag who shows up to face off the dragon, and then he meets the same fate that Freddy Krueger met. Oh, my God. It was, the so, it was so it was, amazing. It was a great scene. It was so, so good. And his, his dialogue was great. It was like, oh, that voice. Yes, that is the Emperor's voice. I love it. Then burned alive. Burned alive. I was like, that's it? Two minutes of him? That's all I get? Yeah. He's know. like fifth in the cast. And then I saw... I don't
1: know about fifth, but he's... he's
0: on IMDb, is. Well um and then I also noticed that I think it was so the the main um henchman guy that first that kills the mentor at the beginning of the movie Tyrion? Tyrion, yes. Yeah. I, he I think was a bad guy in uh Kevin Costner's gem of a movie Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Really? Yeah. Huh. It said he was I can't remember if it, well, I haven't seen that movie also in almost 30 years. Um, well,
1: he definitely was in... He was in Robin Hood. He was in Flash Gordon, Dragon... He was in Prince of Thieves, yeah. yes. But I thought the... I
0: can't remember if he, he good played. that
1: He played the red-headed Baron. That's it. I mean, he wasn't... Oh. I mean, Alan Rook was the main villain in that. Alan Rickman. I mean, Alan Rickman, I'm saying... I'm sorry. Alan Rickman was the main villain in that, so... Yeah. Anyways...
0: Yeah. yeah so I I was kind of bored. I um, <laughs> had a hard time like getting you were, through like this. You were movie. Bored. Well, <laughs> I felt like it wanted to do a lot of things that other movies had done better. Like the whole sacrificing a virgin to a monster. We see that in Clash of the Titans. We haven't talked about that movie yet. We eventually will. Um but the reason for sacri- the sacrifice in Clash of the Titans seemed more interesting to me than in this. That's the a tiny, pretty,
1: that's a pretty like, It's probably a very common theme. That's a very you know, common theme. Being, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. You know.
0: But but I just felt like, you know, compare like, the movie I want to compare it the most to in terms of movies we've talked about would be, like, Beastmaster. Because I feel like thematically they maybe have certain things in common. Like, oh, well, yeah, there's sacrifice, know, like,
1: human sacrifice in that. There's. You know,
0: innocence being sacrificed. Um, but I feel like Beastmaster overall was just a lot more fun, a lot more interesting, it kept my attention a lot more. And. It had a lot more humor. I don't know if this movie was supposed to have any humor because I didn't find anything funny about it.
1: Um, there wasn't really a lot of humor in it. Yeah. Um, it was more just... It, it took itself, you know, it was kind of serious in that sense. I yeah. mean, I would I would put this probably as far as... Um, like look and feel and everything, more on like um, there's a movie called Conan the Destroyer, not Conan the Barbarian, the first one, but there's a movie called Conan the Destroyer. Which
0: one had James Earl Jones turning into a snake? Because that's the one. I, I think remember that's seeing.
1: Destroyer. It's the okay. one where it's the one with Wilt Chamberlain. and okay, you know? I don't remember it. And they have to go up against a wizard and all that kind of stuff. But it has a very kind of similar dark look and feel, mm. um, and probably same level of acting quality yeah too, that you're saying.
0: yeah I think I think because this movie didn't have like a sense of humor really and Peter McNichol just is not a leading man I mean in I, I don't no. remember I don't remember Ghostbusters 2 very well he was not
1: a leading man in that and
0: and he, and, and he and had like a
1: weird accent
0: and he was definitely just like a character actor not a leading man in Ally McBeal, because, again, that's what I remember him from the most. A great character on that show, but he's not the main reason you're watching that show. He just, you know, is what kind is of... What is the
1: main reason you would watch that show?
0: <laughs> I It came on when I was in college. It just, there was something about it that was fun and goofy, and, I don't know. Jane Krakowski's so funny in that show. She's a lot of fun. Portia de Rossi was in it. She was great. Um, Lucy Liu is eventually in it. There's There's a lot of reasons to... Watch that show. Okay. Anyways, um, but, yeah, I just, this show, this movie really didn't captivate me at all. The acting is not really great. Like, the love scene. Okay, so this is what I'm saying, because, again, I'm stopping and starting this movie seven times. It finally got better when I had about 40 minutes left and I realized my sangria was ready for me to drink. (laughs) So once I started drinking, I think I started enjoying it a little more. Did you come
1: up with your own drinking game for this movie? No,
0: but every time,
1: every time they say amulet, take a drink. Every time
0: they say, (laughs) I should have, though. Um, Anyone who's ever made sangria at home, you know, you've got to like, let it sit for a good two, three hours for everything to kind of marinate together. It was finally ready, and I had like forty minutes left. I was like, "Oh god, I need a drink," so <laughs> I started drinking, um, and that kept me a little more entertained. I, I oh the the um the the oh uh, oh okay so uh, so 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 the sangria was already started at this point when um when Valerian confronts um. I'm just going to call him the wizard, because I don't know what his name is. Galen. Galen, okay. When she talks to Galen, because he's about to face off with the dragon, she's so worried, and I can't believe you're going to do this. I'm never going to see you again. She made him a
1: shield out of... Dragon's um, scales. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's to be, great. To help protect from the fire.
0: But then she's like, you know, if he if the dragon doesn't die, that means I'm gonna still be in the lottery. And I'm like, dude, bang bend her over a rock and just fuck her right now. And then she won't be a virgin anymore and she's out of the lottery. You would think why that... don't we just like take the virginity away? Let's take it off the table, and you don't have to worry about it. But you know
1: what? I think in that day and age the only way to prove that would be if she had a baby. What? I think that that would be the only way. That...
0: Okay, then they can have sex a few times, see if they could. Like, <laughs> or like get do it, it right in
1: front of the king. Why do right. Why don't they just have like when they have the lottery, all the women are all the young virgins are all corralled in front of the king right before they're going to draw their names. Why don't they all just lift up their skirts and have the knights go at them and yep. have a huge gangbang? Why not? Why not? Why not? Lottery done. That's right. Then the only one left is is the virgin princess. Hell. Tyrion could bang her, too.
0: That's right. I mean, this whole, like, virgin maiden thing, I'm just, like, bend her over the rock. Just do it right now. For the record, Nancy
1: took it in this direction, not me. You
0: can blame my sangria from earlier, but I, I still hold firm on this dance because it just was, like, and and, and then, like the, like, the romance between, oh, you love her, don't you? And he's like, who are you talking about? No, I'm in love with you, you dummy. And, <laughs> (laughs) It's just he—he just—he doesn't have a lot of chemistry with anybody, and that's—he's just goofy and like. Okay, so let's so if it had been if there had been a different actor playing this role, and maybe the script had been tweaked a little bit. Let's let's take a step (sighs) back
1: here. Okay, so we're talking a (laughs) joint venture between Disney and Paramount, where Disney at the time was pretty much known for family entertainment.
0: So, almost. no sex
1: over a rock. So, well, my point being is some of the things, like, we, you know, this is 40 almost years later, right? Yeah. And the content of like fantasy and other and different kinds of movies mm-hmm. has obviously changed mm-hmm. as people have changed and society has changed. So, there was definitely probably some. Editorial kind of <laughs> things that were going on when it came to like, what do we show? What do we do? Do we want this to be kind of a traditional fantasy kind of movie? You know, yeah, and whatnot. But, um, and and granted, I'm also I'm not disagreeing with you as far as these points. I mean, I, I thought the same thing, but
0: bang, you know, bender over a rock. That's I was thought? not
1: thinking bender over a rock, I was thinking like.
0: Maybe. And rock, by rock, I mean, like, huge boulder that was, like, that they were sitting I on. Mean, that was when they had the conversation. I mean, they could have,
1: like, she could have laid out, like, the shield, and they could have done it on, like, the the dragon shield or something, and not, like, on the rock or, I mean.
0: There's, like, it, meadows and stuff all around. Like, they could have gone anywhere.
1: Yeah. But, but just, but like, how dude. Are gonna, take, how are you going to prove that?
0: Take this off the table. Yeah. So.
1: I, I, Anyways. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> But um, <sighs> anyway, for me, I mean, this I thought this movie was was fun to watch. Um, the Wizard, who is um, played by Ralph Richardson, and he kind of he stopped acting. He's more of a classic actor mm-hmm. and he's older in this. But the uh, there's two movies from the same around the same time that are. There's this mm-hmm. and another movie that we will eventually watch that I'm going to torture with that he plays God in is Time Bandits. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, I remember us watching that was oh. same like equal darkness, I would say. Yeah, but same that kind midgets. Of, and that, yeah, but that was also a, and also a ki- kind of supposed to be a kid's movie.
0: Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> looking more forward to watching that movie than I. I, I remembered this movie wrong. Like, you I don't think, I don't, wrong. I don't think I had really, I honestly, first off, like I said, I thought it was the greatest American hero that was, that was, um, the I'm actor, sorry. not Peter McNichol. Um, but I guess I just don't remember it being like as weird and slow and just kind of blah as it you was. Know, you know,
1: what's really funny is I never thought of it as slow. Like when I rewatched it, I was like. I was into it. <laughs> I was wow. watching. And, and, um, I mean, granted, I understand that it's not, you know, the greatest film ever. I mean, it okay. didn't even make enough money in the box office mm. to cover the budget. Yeah. And some of the people involved do not think it's the greatest movie ever. But, yeah,
0: we have a recent quote for that. That's Like, right? a, like a week, less than a week <laughs> old quote. That's awesome. But,
1: um, I don't know. I just feel like, it's, for me, I still think it's kind of a fun movie. I mean, there's bad movies out there that are still fun to watch. I I
0: think, Matt, there's going to be some movies in the future that I was resisting putting on our list that you're going to get to see that I (laughs) thought would maybe be like, no, Matt, I don't want to subject Matt to that. I think I I made some additions today. Well,
1: you know, I mean, (laughs) I really think, you know, if we're talking – you know, like, how do you make this movie better? I mean, clearly, the, the answer is have David Lynch direct it, right?
0: You know, I think it could. <laughs> Folks, we haven't talked about what TV I'm watching right now. I'm just going to interject really quick. I'm in the middle of catching up on Superstore, which is great. A lot of fun. It's got a Kids in the Hall actor in it, which I'm super excited about. Veronica Mars, two-thirds of the way done with that show. But also, I finally watched the pilot. Of Twin Peaks. Yay. And it was great. I'm very excited to watch more. I need to, I think I want to get through more of the other two shows that I'm watching and then just kind of devote a chunk of time to Twin Peaks. It was fun. I thought it was great.
1: Don't watch it late at night.
0: No, no, I won't. I already figured Don't. that out. Don't. It's, it looks, it's spooky enough to not want to watch it at night. And it's very relaxing. oh and apparently it'll make me want to eat a lot of pie and donuts and drink coffee and drink coffee so anyway we we
1: digress
0: (laughs) it's important i seem to you know i'm sure people really care if i'm what tv i'm watching
1: well anyway i i really recommend people trying like giving this movie a chance (sighs) i bet i mean that's why i'm saying like cult classic like it definitely Uh, has
0: i it's on amazon prime Right now, but the quality was horrible. Oh,
1: I thought the quality wasn't
0: it wasn't that uh, bad. It was
1: about, it was about what I expected. The quality was not
0: good. Like, the visual quality was not really great. It was about what I had expected. I mean, it wasn't as bad as watching Beastmaster on YouTube. That was bad. That was rough. But, no, this was... I was not... I wasn't expecting it to be as pixelated as it was. Oh, really?
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't think... Well, did you watch it on your gigantic screen? No.
0: Huh. I, I didn't think
1: it was that bad, but... Um,
0: who sometimes, knows. Sometimes, It's Mercury retrograde.
1: Weird shit's happening. Sometimes Prime has, like, when you're searching for movies, you'll see the same movie twice, and mm. it has, like, a different cover. Mm. And I think sometimes it's, like, two different versions, and one sometimes it might be more cleaned up on a than another version. Why so, the hell
0: would they offer a shitty-looking version at all?
1: Uh, why... W- i don't know that's that. dumb <laughs> it, it's it is dumb but i have noticed well, it's good it. to,
0: It's good to know that there maybe is a better version that i should have watched so but it is so i'm on, ever watching something else and i have the same problem it is free on prime though so yeah, free on
1: prime people so i say give it a chance um mm. i enjoyed re-watching it um effects are good the music is good acting not great story. I enjoyed it. Nancy was apparently so bored she had to get drunk off her ass to, to watch it.
0: I was not drunk off my ass.
1: Well, no. You were just drunk. Not at all. And sitting on your ass watch, trying to watch the movie. Were you falling asleep? No. No.
0: No, I was just doing... I was just distracted. I think I played three games of Sudoku. I found a new uh, like crossword game I just put it on my iPad while was So is I was it safe to it?
1: say that you just were not fully committed to
0: watching it? I was as committed as I could have been.
1: Well, how far into how far into the movie was it before you picked up your Sudoku? We know with forty minutes left in a in a oh, it was, hour and fifty minute movie that you, had, no, to, it was, you it was, had to get it
0: was in the last forty minutes that I finally realized, ooh, I should play Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> That's when most of the most
1: of the dragon action happens. Yeah.
0: Man. It's not that I, I don't feel like I missed it. I mean, it's not like I have to really look at my iPad for that long at a time while playing Sudoku. It's like I'm watching most of the movie, and I'm just kind of glancing back and forth. Sorry, Matt.
1: <laughs> well, I see how it is, Nancy. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: There was a movie I did watch today where my eyes were peeled, and I watched every second of that screen, because that well, movie was
1: fantastic. Maybe we should move on, because I think I've tired Nancy out talking about a great movie called Dragon Slayer, but... Now we're going to move on to Nancy's pick for this episode, uh, which is a fun movie. I like this movie. We've watched it a number of times. Um, I thought it was fun to pair the two movies together because they are adventure, great, they are great adventure movies, movies. And I think out about around the same time,
0: almost. Yeah, this came out in 84.
1: Okay, so this so this is a couple years later. Yeah,
0: but still, early
1: 80s. <laughs> but uh, Nancy's going to talk about a movie starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner... Dane DeVito, the the first time the three of them have gotten together, romancing the stone.
0: Ah, this movie. I love it. Matt and I have watched this movie so many times. I'm sure I've seen it more than he has. Probably. But I love everything about it. Everything? Yeah. And I don't know if I should reveal it now or later, but this movie is very much part of my DNA because it actually inspired something i have a deep fear of and i will always have a fear of it for the rest of my life cartagena you know what it didn't make going to colombia very attractive as a kid in fact i even said that to jack earlier i'm like you know what i don't think i ever had any desire to want to go to Cart- you know colombia when i was a kid from watching this movie because it just looked scary no I have always been afraid of alligators or crocodiles because of this movie. In fact, probably saw it when I was in like second or third grade. And I remember we had a field trip to the California Academy of Sciences. And right when you walk in, there is this big, giant, like alligator crocodile pit thing. I could not even get near the edge to look down into the crocodile pit because I was so scared that I would potentially fall in and get eaten alive by one of these crocodiles because of what happens in this movie. Wow. No, seriously, I am so scared of them to this day. In fact, we went to the zoo, I remember, a few years ago, and we got near them with River, and, like, this one was, like, right up against the glass. And I am I know it's an irrational fear, but still, it scares the
1: hell out of me. Look at those snappers, Nancy. Oh, my
0: God. Oh <laughs> Look my. at
1: those snappers. <sighs>
0: it's true i mean i i
1: yeah which part uh which i mean there are crocodiles throughout this movie because one of the characters um is really enamored with them and has pet pet crocodiles yeah um but uh something happens at the end of this movie where the crocodile becomes an uh an an important character.
0: <laughs> no. Every, every Is it
1: that part or is it It's me? what
0: happens in that very end to, you know, uh, over One the pit. One of the characters. Yeah, over the pit with the flames and all. That. Anyways. But in the we're, pit. We're, Yeah, I do find I do find a connection between uh, Dragon Slayer and this movie simply because like this pre- prehistoric animal that they're all fighting in these uh, crocodiles, but anyways. <laughs> Kathleen Turner is this amazing romance author. Not novelist Joan Wilder. The movie starts, opens up on this like Western scene, and she's writing the last few pages of latest book. And as, as she's wrapping it up, you know, she's sobbing, you know, she's got her giant headphones on, like, I know we had that same kind of set when we were kids. Um, those headphones on. She's got some kind of music on, and she's just so happy. And you know, she celebrates with her cat Romeo. And you know, you, you know they do this walk through her apartment. And you see, she's a very celebrated novelist, but she's also so lonely. Like she can tell she's so lonely, and all of these books are just fantasies that she's creating because her life is just so simple and quiet and isolated and very basic. So she turns in this novel to her editor the amazing holland taylor who watching this made me want to like dig up the bosom buddy somewhere mm-hmm. like i want to find it either streaming online or just maybe buy the dvds or something because matt and i watch that show all the time too i think even had only had two seasons i think but we loved that show anyways she's with holland taylor for all of 10 minutes not even 10 minutes and then immediately this huge um you know, she is put into danger right away. She finds out that her sister has been kidnapped by um, people that maybe killed her sister's husband. Um, And then um, Joan Wilder gets to begin this grand adventure that only she has ever dreamed about writing and whatnot. So she ends up not being able to tell anybody why she's going to South America, other than she has to help her sister with something, but she can't reveal what it is, so no one really knows how much danger she's going to be in. But she gets there, and, you know, Danny DeVito is (laughs) sent as... um, He's like the um, underling to his cousin Ira, unfortunately, because Ira is just a complete controlling asshole. He's... Ira is like Tony Soprano, and... Danny DeVito is like Christopher from uh, the Sopranos, just kind of <laughs> like the doofy muscle that has to like go out and get things done, but is kind of incompetent and doesn't get things done. Well,
1: in my, in my rewatch, I kind of figured out like when she gets to Cartagena from the airport, she's, she has like a bus ticket to take a bus to Cartagena
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then, but Danny DeVito is there and he just misses her. Well, and it makes me wonder, like he has a car, like, was he actually there to pick her up? Or was he just trying to make sure she got on the right bus? Because why does he care if she gets on the right bus? Why does he just pick her up? Why does he just drive her there?
0: That is a bit of a hole. We'll let's let's just for argument's sake say that the airport she came in probably wasn't super organized. Like, why couldn't she just fly right into Cartagena? Like, are there no flights? Because it seems like that's like a huge city. Isn't that the capital city of Colombia, maybe? I don't You know, I think it's... Anyways, like that—that that maybe is one of the biggest plot holes in this movie. Like, why couldn't she just be quick, like quickly, like arrive in the arms of Danny DeVito, and he drives her right over to asshole cousin Ira, who's holding Elaine. Well, you probably
1: know? because then you don't have a movie.
0: That is true. You <laughs> would
1: not have a movie at all. But because they really they needed to have, like, if you think about it, they needed some sort of reason for Danny DeVito to be trying to like trying to track her down. Yeah. But instead of him, like, being like, oh, she never showed up at the hotel, let me find her in this gigantic country of Colombia, you know, they have her, have him go to the airport. Well, it's like, dude, why are you trying to make sure she gets on the right bus instead of just putting her in your car and just driving her? Yeah,
0: I mean, why didn't they send her the plane tickets? Why, like, yeah, they could, they could have done a lot more to ensure that she got... From New York to them. In I mean Cartagena. it's very I mean,
1: maybe she got maybe she took the plane she did and landed where she did because she got like the first flight to Columbia she could get and it put yeah. her on the other side of the country. Who knows? I don't know.
0: Who knows? But she literally needed to be sent on the wrong path for all of the adventure to happen and wow, what what a great adventure this movie is. I mean, you've got this really Evil, evil villain, you know, this Mr. Zolo who Or Dr. Zolo. But or what Colonel he really Zolo. Is, is just a butcher.
1: Yeah. He may He's be an antique A butcher.
0: Yeah. Look at them snappers. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but you know, this this guy who, you know, because she's just so this babe in the woods, you know, Joan Wilder is just so. So scared of her own shadow, I mean, Holland Taylor even says you threw up on an escalator at Bloomingdale 's for crying out loud, like everything scares you. You get sick everywhere, lots of people throw up at department stores, <sighs> <sometimes>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the perfume section because it 's just too much, but um so of course she 's you know someone who comes off like very very confident and you know she 's naive, so she trusts this guy, and of course, you know. Bus crashes, runs into a jeep, a bunch of birds fly around. All the people get off the bus except this, you know, nice man with a mustache and uh, starts, you know, wants to pull a gun on her and whatnot. But then this shadowy figure on the top of a hill appears. Mike, Michael Douglas with the best mullet he's ever had in his life shows up <laughs> oh, with his little hat and a, and a rifle and, uh, and a machete and a machete scares off Mr. Zolo, and then the two of them begin their adventure after he pulls a Han Solo negotiation over how much money he gets to get for helping her, this damsel in distress. Oh, my God.
1: He had just been shot at. And what does he settle for? $375. American Express? <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. I'd be like, immediately be like, you want me to take you to Cartagena? Thousand bucks.
0: This is 1984. Thousand. The bucks. value of the dollar was very different back then. Thousand mm-hmm. bucks. And now honestly, you know what? At
1: me and all of his birds were gone. Yeah. He <laughs> even says at one point he could sell like one of those birds for like a thousand dollars. So I mean, immediately at that point, it's like you just cost me thousands of dollars from my birds. Yeah. Thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. She's totally out of her element. Total fish out of water. She's still wearing that big, giant, puffy coat. It's like, lady, (laughs) what do you have that coat on? Yeah, it's raining, but it's probably a hot, tropical rain. It's not cold out. I love when he asks her, you know, you have anything valuable in the suitcase? Well, you know, my stuff, my clothes. Yeah. Chucks it over over the edge of the mountain, and she's like, are you kidding me, you bastard? But... So much fun happens in this movie. You know, they're in that mudslide. You know, right away, and then he like lands like smack between her legs, which is still one of the funniest things to me. And then they don't go too much further, and then they find oh no! After that,
1: he chops off her sh- he chops, he chops the off, off her the heels sho-
0: of her shoes.
1: She goes, "Those were Italian." He goes. Now they're practical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then they find, then, then they're being chased. They're being chased this whole goddamn time. They find the bridge. they end up like fricking Tarzan and Jane flying across the river. And then, you know, find a nice little airplane that had crashed, get to like relax for a while and like get some sleep and get drunk and eat jars of pickles. Oh, and
1: eat a snake.
0: Oh yeah. And eat a snake. And I swear to God, after he chopped it, and was pulling it behind her and he kept pulling and pulling and pulling and like how long is this motherfucking snake how long is this snake
1: goddamn bushmaster
0: oh my god <laughs> just i mean here she's like railing in him like excuse me um i would like for you to look at me in the eye when i'm talking to you and then psh, yeah it, this is it just goes on and on and on like just the f- adventure of this movie is just so much fun <laughs> I mean, and then, and then, Holland Taylor plants a seed very early, like when she mentions she's going to Columbia, and she goes, Oh, you know, they all love your books down there because it's all the macho, all the macho men love your stuff. No kidding, do they? I mean, they end up in this one random village, and. John Wilder? The. John, John Wilder?
1: The famous romance novelist. Oh my god. I mean,
0: <laughs> just so much stuff. I mean, and I I mean, I remember that thinking that was funny as a kid, but I mean, as an adult it's like, "Oh my god, like how freaking ridiculous is this?" It's like, "What is what are the odds that someone that writes romance novels would be so admired by like basically a drug king? Like let's call him what he is, okay? Yeah. A drug king in Colombia with this like sweet pad and oh, just so freaking hilarious.
1: The Drug King Juan played by Alfonso Arau, who was also El Guapo in The Three Amigos. <laughs> so you never saw that, did you?
0: I don't remember it. I think I saw parts of it.
1: Yeah. He's really good at that. He also he's also known for a lot of directing and he he's done a lot of um, uh, he's from Mexico, he's done a lot of Mexican movies and but he did um Like Water for Chocolate. Oh, okay. He directed that. A Walk in the Clouds, mm. he directed. Uh-huh. So Oops, very,
0: even...
1: you know, he's not just...
0: He's not just a, he's, a, a romance novel fan? Not just
1: a romance novel fan or um, what we would put down as like some sort of, dr- you know, stereotypical drug dealer in, in no, 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 Cartagena. I was, yeah.
0: <laughs> but again... I really pretty much love everything about this movie. I mean, I'm just going to fangirl about it right now. I mean, I just, I, I find the I think, whole thing start to finish captivating. It just cracks me up. The movie, the music is so 80s. I mean, oh my the,
1: god, the saxophone just like killing me. It, it, I like, <laughs> I, we turned it on and I was like, <laughs> I heard, I, doo, I read the name doo, doo. of the person who did the music and I was like, oh my God. Did you do
0: Mr. Mom too?
1: No, here's, this is the thing. So this movie was directed <laughs> By Robert Zemeckis.
0: Probably the last movie he did before Back to the Future. He,
1: after this movie, he did Back to the Future. And then went on to do a whole... You know, Forrest Gump and all these other movies, right? Lots of right? Tom Hanks stuff. Lots of Tom Hanks stuff. And uh, The Frighteners, another Michael J. Fox mm. movie. Tons of stuff. Well, this guy, I think it's Alan Silvestri, who did the music in this, which, you know, it's got... Obviously, a lot of the music has, like, a, a like kind of a Latin mm-hmm. kind of vibe, which yeah. is cool. Um, but, man... the 80s saxophone in yes. it is just so awful. And... Um, oh, and no, then, So then, So then he has done music in almost all the other Robert Zemeckis movies, including some of Back to the Future. Mm. And I'm just like, okay, this guy either has a broad range or he had to get very specific, like... Hey, Alan. Um, when you do this "Romancing the Stone" movie, can you give us the cheesiest, shittiest yes. music?
0: <laughs> well, you also have to remember, like, this movie really is like a romance novel. Oh, it's
1: totally like it's done. But it's just, hilarious. It is just like like at the beginning when she is like kind of finishing up her book, and there's like the dark stranger yeah. who saves her, my Jesse, and all this other kind of stuff. I mean. You know where this movie's going because even the cover of, like, the movie poster is yeah. supposed to look like, like a cheesy romance yeah. novel. <laughs> so. It's so
0: funny. Now, I know you're not a rom-com fan. But do you categorize this as a rom-com?
1: I would, I would only for the sense that it has some humor, but it has, like, an adventure aspect yeah. of it that mm-hmm. can make it it's that is not like when harry met sally yeah or Jerry it's, it's it is different it's like, definitely um,
0: cuz it, there's
1: there's action i mean there yeah. is gunfire and and you know scary reptiles in it Nancy <laughs> Well no,
0: they're they're in danger And they're in danger movie. yeah. movie I mean they're being shot at I mean, and chased the military whole
1: movie. drug dealers I mean this is this is you know yeah. there's some intensity here so I would not qual I would not put this under the category of rom-com.
0: I agree. I mean I I mean even though literally the word romancing is in the title. I don't think of it as a romantic comedy at all but uh, there's this,
1: there's a, there, there are some romantic moments between Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Yeah, and, of course,
0: because their chemistry which is you're, amazing, which you're
1: not going to get away from. And and like I said when I introed this, I mean this movie like. After this, a couple years later, they do a sequel called The Jewel of the Nile which garbage. we saw in the theater, yeah, you and I. Remember it was we saw it in the theater? We were and so had, bored.
0: And it had that Billy Ocean song was the yeah. it was like the theme.
1: It was not good. And it was, then it
0: was such a letdown.
1: And then a few years later after that, they did War of the Roses together, also which, a rough movie. Not a, I'm not a fan of um, Sherry, our friend of the podcast. She really likes that movie. Um, I don't think our parents liked that
0: movie either. I think they hated it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, I find it hard to watch, but they're they're still good together. The two of them are still good together in that movie.
0: Yes. And we've both watched The Kaminsky Method. Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas play ex-spouses. They're, yes. they're a divorced couple. Yes. And you get just a teeny tiny, you, 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 you get a two-minute cameo she, of her, she's, she's and cameo. it is fantastic. It's like, yeah. And Danny DeVito shows up in that show for a brief cameo too. Yes, He's so as a parapsychologist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean, the, the, they have they have a great chemistry in this movie, and um, and you know Michael Douglas. This is a Michael Douglas production, yeah, he, so I mean, he he kind of. Got this movie made,
0: which is why when the credits roll, his name is above hers. Because honestly, come on, she's the lead character in this. Yet yeah. no, he, she's put, in it he most put himself the, the top, but you know, yeah, well, he, he made the movie, so it's he, okay. He was more he was
1: more known, I think. Yeah. When it came, I think like he was more known as an actor because he had been acting for so much longer. But at the time when this movie came out, I mean, I think I can't remember when Body Heat had come out. I think it came out before. So, I mean, she was kind of the hot commodity at the time, so I mean, both them put them both together, and yeah. you know blockbuster gold, you know yeah uh, movie movie gold so i mean and and i I mean I remember watching this movie all the time, and then I um I introduced it to Sherry, and she was like, "I can't believe you hadn't."
0: She'd never seen. It? I don't what, think she had ever she, seen it. When did it? you finally? When did she finally see it?
1: Oh, probably over ten years ago. Okay, but wow. But she, I don't think she had ever seen it. Like she, I think she had a different idea of what it was. Hmm. But um, was or, or maybe she saw it and was like, I wasn't really sure about it, and then she saw it again and was like, oh. But yeah, I mean, we watched it a lot as kids because. I think besides us having it on tape, it was, like, on a lot. It was I think it was definitely, like, one of those HBO movies that they would play a lot. It's
0: not just an HBO movie they played all the time back then. It's pretty much always available. If you have, like, at least HBO or Showtime or Cinemax, like— it's it's basically available on on demand. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, to I watch mean, it, is, I just it searched is,
1: on Comcast and just start typing yeah, in it "Romancing the Stone" and it came up. It's as pretty free much to watch, so. like
0: a standard from the eighties <clears throat> that I think any eighties movie fan had to have seen this movie. I mean, and really, like Michael Douglas is just phenomenal in this. He's so good, and I it, love it, Kathleen Turner. I'm it, just
1: in a lot of ways, this was kind of like for me and you. This was our introduction to those two actors. Oh, sure,
0: absolutely. And,
1: um you know anytime we ever see them in anything we're probably always kind of in the back of our minds comparing them to these to, sure. to these characters i mean luckily they've you know michael douglas has gone on and done a lot of things and we've already talked about we talked him about in him movie. in the game i mean and he's played a president <laughs> he's yeah. played a lot of different oh, kinds of roles yeah. um and um kathleen turner um uh, you're gonna
0: talk about her in another movie eventually.
1: Yeah, I mean she's she's been in a ton of things uh, besides being Chandler's dad and friends. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, it's it definitely kind of staples for our viewing in, in as you know, growing up. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I I I enjoyed watching this movie um, again. I, but I I think I had watched it maybe like 3 or 4 years ago again like just put it on cuz it was just it's just fun to watch mm-hmm. cause, and um i think Sherry wanted to watch it and we we put it on and...
0: i haven't seen it in easily 10 or 15 years oh really i mean even though mm-hmm. i love it so much as we've discussed multiple times i don't really rewatch much anymore unless i'm assigned to it mm-hmm. um i just haven't gotten in the habit of but it just oh it makes me laugh so much that's good i mean and and we have you know we don't want to necessarily recap the whole movie but i mean so many of the different scenes are great. Like, again, after they escape, you know, walking across the bridge and whatnot, and then after the, have, spending the night in the plane, which is a contender for my favorite scene. I don't think it's going to be my favorite scene. Their what first your, night. Let's
1: just do that. Let's, what's your favorite well, scene?
0: Well, I mean, I really like when they meet um, Juan and he helps them with Pepe and, like, doing the, the drive-through. But I think the whole, like, 10-minute scene of them in the hotel, like— at the hotel he's bought her the outfit then they go dancing. out to dinner and then they go dancing and literally like the scene of the like the music kind of quiets a little bit and like they start dancing a little closer and then they start kissing and like in the background fireworks are going off i mean it's just all of the things setting up exactly i'm sorry so cheesy it is but i don't care i love it <clears> and then you know it goes to them in the hotel room together and then them being all sweet and talking and stuff and daydreaming about the sailboat which let me say this she acts like he's got to find the stone to buy the sailboat. If she is this, like, bazillion-dollar author... Why does she can't have more she, money? Why can't she just buy him the boat?
1: Why doesn't she have more money?
0: I think she has more money. I think maybe it's just uh, she doesn't want to be a sugar mama. I don't know. I don't, but, but I, I don't of... think...
1: You know what, though? That might be a good commentary on, like, maybe being a romance novelist <laughs> is not, like, the greatest... You know, it's just like having a reg you know, any other yeah, job. Maybe as it's far as not as lucrative. It's not a lucrative, you know, thing. Being she's an not, art- like, she's being not an Bill artist- Gates. Being an artist is not necessarily yeah. always that lucrative. You I mean know? Holland
0: Taylor's gotta be able to pay for all her furs and stuff, so she has to take a big <clears throat> cut, I guess, out of all these. Probably.
1: Quotes. I mean it's it's but, uh... it it's a tough sell though, something. I mean but,
0: but then, you know, like the next day when they're driving and then they finally like are on the hunt for the stone and like they finally get it. And just, Oh, I mean so much of it's just so great. Yeah. Uh,
1: A couple things. Another thing I wanted to mention, um, since we're talking about, you know, the legacy that Mm -hmm. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner have in our minds, um, there's another actor in this movie that we have seen in a lot of movies. And we've actually talked about movies that she's been in is, um, Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays Elaine, the sister, has also been in, and I'm just going to start listing some of these movies that we would know her from in the 80s. Um, she was in a little movie that we talked about called The Goonies, playing oh, yeah, she was the mom. Mrs.
0: Walsh. Yeah.
1: She was in Die Hard. And then other movies, all the Lethal Weapon movies, um... Who was she in that? She played, um... The police psychiatrist oh, yeah. who was like, oh, you have a new partner and he's kind of, yeah. you know, off the rails kind of thing. So, I mean, she's been kind of known. Um, she was in that TV series I've mentioned, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. She was in Death Becomes Her, which I, is another Robert Zemeckis movie. Oh. She's in Ghostbusters 2. I mean, lots of stuff. She played, I think, a mom in The Monster Squad. So, I mean... She had her her run of eighties kind mm-hmm. of kind of flicks. Um, she passed away though. She passed away in twenty fifteen. Oh wow. She's only sixty two. That's very sad. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah. Thanks for being in all these eighties movies. What was your favorite scene, Matt? My favorite scene in this movie. I always kind of liked the plane scene, like you were saying, yeah. when they're when they're when they're in the plane. Yeah. But. um there's something about the scene when like you said when they get after they've had their romantic evening and he's decided not to sh- to screw her over and take the 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 um the stone for himself um when they go and get the stone and they're like folding the map and like oh it's a waterfall let's go in there and then they like dig for it and they finally get the stone that whole scene's kind of kind of very like indiana jones-ish <laughs>
0: when when i remember as a kid and when he like finally like pull, you know after digging and he hits hits something he's like ooh, i've got something here and then they finally pull pull out this um wrapped up sack thing pull it out and then take out the statue he goes someone's got a really sick sense of humor. And then she's like, no, no. In one of my other books, like, I hid the stone in a statue. It's like, aha. But that statue is so ugly.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the funny thing for me about that whole, like, statue thing. So the statue is a ceramic bunny. Yeah. So at Easter, every time I got a chocolate bunny, I'd rip (laughs) the head off pretend there was a stone inside. I remember that, like, for a little while. For, like, a few years. And then the, the... and then I realized how terrible those chocolate bunnies were for right. you. And they, I just left them there and the chocolate turned white.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> It's called blooming.
1: Oh, is that what that's called? Yes. Miss, I work at a chocolate factory. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say getting the getting the stone. And then my favorite character, like, Juan is great because he there's this whole, like, I'm dangerous kind of aspect of it. And then he's just goofy. Um, yeah, he, but, he
0: very he really surprised. They really surprise us with it. He's not like this evil goon that you would well, maybe expect. He's this fanboy.
1: Well, in the whole scene like leading up to that, we like they're walking through the little village. Mm-hmm. And then as they're passing every corner, there's like someone coming out and starts following them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, they finally get to Juan's house and he pulls a gun on them like hit you know hit the road get yeah. out of here and then they turn around and all the guys that were following them all yeah. have guns on them when they're driving in the getaway car and pepe yeah. to get away from yeah. um, Zolo and his soldiers. Uh They're driving through the village, and he slams on the brakes and turns around, and they're like, why didn't you keep going? He goes, I couldn't hit my favorite pig. Well, (laughs) not only is he doesn't want to hit his favorite
0: pig, like he's touring them around and telling them everything about the town, because he's so excited to share it, like, oh, my mother was born over there. See that tree over there? My cousin planted that tree, and just because he's so happy, like, oh my god, I love you people so much, and I want to share this. It cracks me up. I read your books. So is Juan your favorite character? Yeah, Juan my favorite character nice he
1: even he he even tells the guys that have the guns on them this is the woman who i read the stories to you every saturday Uh, (laughs) so great do you think that besides la bamba this movie might have some sort of like like there's like a theme for you as far as like Like, because you studied Latin American history in college and everything. So do you think that this had, like, planted early seeds in your brain, this movie, for being very interested in in that? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know.
0: Like (laughs) I said, this movie did not make me ever want to go there because it just seemed scary. Okay. Well. Like, the, uh, the adventure she gets, you know, the adventure she's on is very, was very scary to me as a kid.
1: Well, just so you know, all the scenes in this movie were actually filmed in Mexico. Mm, okay. Not in actual Colombia. Got it. Now they could have been filmed in Mexico because actual Colombia might just be hard to film in, you know, with the with the terrain and everything, or they were not allowed to film it there.
0: I wonder if any of it was filmed like near Puerto Vallarta, which is where I went. When I went on my cruise a couple years ago. Um, I because that because Puerto Vallarta and like that extended area is where Predator was filmed. because mm. of all the jungle area.
1: Yeah, so very possible. It could be the same jungle. could be.
0: Um, I for me, it's a complete toss up between uh, Jack Colton and Jack Trustworthy. Colton and Joan Wilder's favorite character. I mean, I just love them both so much. And the movie doesn't work without either of them. Oh, of and no one else could have played these roles. I just, I'm convinced no one else could have been, you know, it had to be Michael Douglas and it had to be Kathleen Turner. So cool. cool. But no, love this movie. And like I said, I. I don't know many people who are movie fans from the 80s that don't also at least know this movie or appreciate this movie. I've never known anyone to say they hated this movie.
1: Um like I said, I did not dislike rewatching it. It it's it's a fun movie. Um I thought it was fun to watch both these movies cuz they have very they're they're adventure movies mm-hmm. with very different themes and tones. Absolutely. But, but I think What makes a good adventure movie sometimes also is like that buddy aspect of it where you've got, you know, the hero and like their, their partner or the hero and like the person they're trying to save. Mm. Uh, Eventually we're going to talk about um, Rares of the Lost Ark and you still have that Mm. kind of thing with um, Indiana Jones and Mm Marion, you know, same kind of thing. And it's just an element that really works. So, yeah,
0: (sighs) So, so good,
1: so good. Well, I think that's about it. That's yeah. all I had to say. Um, I really enjoy, Like I said, I really enjoyed watching these movies. I hope... Nancy? Yes.
0: Anytime you give me a movie that isn't entirely enjoyable, like Dragon Slayer, it's not that I regret watching it. I just want to make that clear.
1: No, you just need to make sure you have your sangria brewing.
0: You know, I need to make sure it's brewed ahead of time <laughs> so I can start drinking it right away and maybe not delay having to drink it. But um, I
1: think I, well, what I should do then is... Um, just so our listeners know, um, as we think of movies and make pairings, um, we have like a running Excel sheet because, yeah. um, if you don't know, Nancy loves Excel sheets.
0: Oh That's, yeah. I love a spreadsheet. Uh, she's
1: got, she's got spreadsheets for everything. Absolutely. Um, her makeup.
0: Her no, wine. not my makeup, my wine Which for underwear sure. she has to wear
1: that day. Excuse me. No, I do not. <laughs> um, but, TV
0: shows I'm trying to watch. I do have a spreadsheet for that.
1: But um, I think maybe what I need to do is put like like either a color coding or maybe an asterisk next to movies that you I recommend you having sangria for. Matt,
0: what you need to do is just drop the wine emoji next to it.
1: Ah, oh, the wine emoji. Yeah next to or
0: I just ask you ahead of time Matt do you think I'm going to need to be drinking while I'm watching this because there are unlike the movies I'm going to ask Matt to watch I think he's mostly seen a majority of the movies I pick I don't think he, there's too I've many I've put he a lot of
1: movies on there that Nancy has either never seen or has not seen since she watched it the first time a million when she wasn't even in high school yet
0: yeah so anyways I'll just I'll just ask ahead of time like Matt what do you think is this a drinking movie or not well, or maybe I, I just should assume all movies are drinking movies.
1: Well, maybe that should be just how you should watch all movies, Nancy. Come on, okay. <laughs> let's not let's not go there. No, but you, <sighs> let's just say, for for just to keep things safe, you should just always have available sangria.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: So we will. I think we'll close out the sangria. Columbia discussion.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And
1: uh, thank all of you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, This has been a lot of fun. Uh, We will continue to bring you more movies um, in the weeks to come.
0: Uh, Yes, did you?
1: Mulder likes Joan Wilder, too. Yeah. Oh, you wish there were more panthers in this movie. Yes. Oh, I understand. Actually, there's no panthers in Romancing the Stone.
0: There are are pigs, there, there are monkeys. And there
1: are crocodiles. There's lots of I like them snappers. Look at those snappers.
0: Thanks listeners.
1: <laughs> Thank you.